Hello, 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 everyone. Um, hi, it's Melissa Huckfeld with Self Care to the Max. Um, this is episode three, only three, and I'm trying to get into this groove of podcasting. And <laughs> someone needs to help me out here. This is this is really confusing. Trying to make sure this all fits into your schedule, but I have found that during parent pickup, while sitting here talking to a phone in front of all these mothers, this is really where it's at. This is where I should be doing this often because I, I'm socially awkward. I'm awkward by choice. So this just kind of fits really well for me. I might as well just keep it up. So it's been a hot minute since I've actually done a podcast. And let me tell you why I have been dying inside what feels like with anxiety so many anxiety attacks and panic attacks. And if you are an anxiety sufferer, you know the difference between anxiety and panic. You know, anxiety can can last, well, I mean, it can just linger forever. And, but you know, those panic attacks then are like really profound. And I have been knee deep in those for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so episode two, I talked a little bit about it, how I knew things were starting to come on. And in today's episode, I really want to talk about some of the strategies I had to utilize, because here's the thing is sometimes when it comes to anxiety attacks and feeling like, well, just feeling like there's something wrong, but you just can't pinpoint it. You know, like that's the thing about anxiety is it, it, it lies to you and and tells you things are wrong, but you yourself cannot really pinpoint it. And then you start to pinpoint everything else. You go, well, you know, this is going on. So maybe that's bad or, Oh God, this is going on too. Maybe this is about going bad or maybe you take it as far as Huckfeld does and I start to I you know there's actually a term that my therapist has used on me and I forget the term um but I laughed at it when I first heard it because I was like that's totally me and that is where I catastrophize oh my god that's actually the word (gasps) that was the word I catastrophize things when, so when the anxiety is lying to me and I'm starting to look at my life, I'm like, okay, I feel like something's wrong, but really there's not, but I've, I've identified, you know, 1 million and 31 things that are wrong in my life at that single moment. I catastrophize everything and I basically go into the future and I'm like, oh my God, things are going really good. That's why I'm having an anxiety attack because things are going so good things are about to go really bad, aren't they? Oh my God, my life is about to bottom out. Oh my God, everything's going to happen at once. I'm going to lose my job. My marriage is going to go to shambles. My kids are going to hate me. Like I catastrophize. (laughs) I just basically think that my life is going too good and things can never be too good. And so they have to go bad, right? And that's catastrophizing. So that's what I like to do in my anxiety diaries, if you will. But I really wanted to share with you these past few weeks and the strategies I've been having to really kind of use if use daily, if not hourly. Sometimes there were some days that were really, really awful. And, you know, I first just want to start off by sharing, you know, anxiety. I think the, st- the stats, the last time I was reading, you know, just some research when I was just Googling things. I love Google. Google is so smart, right? Um, anxiety affects I just want to put it out there and just anxiety affects the majority of us. Why we, why we don't share these things, I think is there's this awful stigma that when we say that we have anxiety attacks or we have a panic attack, that the person might think we're weird, whoever we're sharing that with. And so I'm, I'm the first one who's going to be the, you know, I'm going to share everything. I'm going to share the nitty gritty and 
when people who have anxiety like me, I get a lot of people who, when I tell them, oh yeah, I've been suffering from anxiety, please, if you would remove me from the volunteer list, I need some time just to step back. People look at me and be like, wow, is everything okay? And I'm like, yes, it's, it's going to be okay. But at this time, I just need to step back and people, I will get a few people who will actually say, you, your, your life doesn't strike me as like you would have a lot of anxiety. And I'm like, well, that's the thing about mental illness is it, it's inside of us. You can't see it really physically form on us unless, you know, and I'm going to tell you about my panic attacks and you maybe you'll okay, you'll understand that there are some physical symptoms and what anxiety can do to our body. And so I really want to share what that experience with you. So the past few weeks have just been, you know, like I said, one thing could have been off with my life and I couldn't identify it. And I, I ignored the signs in the beginning. Like I knew something was going on, but I continued, continued with my daily routine. And I, there was this nagging feeling that, okay, Huck felt you need to step back. Huck felt you have got to just sit. But with my daily life, I'm convinced that without, without me around, um, you know, things don't get done in the house. Dishes don't get cleaned. The kids don't go to bed on time. The kids don't eat properly. And what really, what, what, what realistically, you know, I needed to be told in, you know, that once again, anxiety is a liar. You don't even see the real part is like, it's okay. If one day goes by and the dishes aren't clean, it's okay. If one day goes by and you, my kids have to eat a Lunchable at dinner time, which by the way, hi, my kids ate Lunchables for dinners a few times because I couldn't leave the recliner because I was just so exhausted because anxiety leaves you exhausted sometimes. But it's okay if that has to happen. You know, it's okay. I ignored those signs for a long time. And then what ended up happening was it just really culminated. And even though seemingly what ended up triggering me was so small, it was enough for me to analyze my entire life in a way that caused me some really awful physical symptoms. And that's when I started having these awful panic attacks. So let me just tell you what I had to start really focusing on. Social media detox. Oh, hello. Did you know social media is one of the number one causes of anxiety? And it's one of those things that it's kind of a double-edged sword because if you guys listen to episode one, you know that my job, my career is very heavy on social media. Can, I don't even, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here. That's funny. I'm very heavy on social media. And so when I say social media detox, you know, a lot of people look at me and like, well, I can't do that. Um, I'm in marketing. I can't just step back. And I'm like, well, listen, there's actually things you can do. So, you know, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you know, you don't have to be a couple days in a row. Isn't going to really affect you. You can step back. Most of the time we surf Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest, or we're doing all these things. Normally we're surfing those things because we're bored. Um, we're, I mean, let's be honest, we're a little nosy of what's going on with other people's lives, but it's actually okay to be on social media, but still not surf. And I mean by, you know, my business is social media heavy. Well, in order for me to know that it was time for me to step back this, these past few days, what had to happen was I would still do my, you know, my stuff that, that, that was kind of like, 
I've got to keep my business going. I've got to keep doing this because this is important to me and it does fill my cup. When I work with my customers, it fills my cup. So I know that, okay, I've got to do that to fill my cup. But besides that, I'm, I'm closing, I'm logging out. I'm out for the day. And I kept that up for many, many days in a row. And I'm here to tell you that social media detox is absolutely, it, it's, it's, it's doable, especially if you have a, a job like mine, you could do a social media detox. It just might mean retraining your brain to not just, you know, aimlessly scroll. And then that leads me to becoming more present. That was a big thing that I was having. I was finding myself doing that at least once an hour when I was knee deep in these anxiety attacks and being present. There are a few tricks you can do. And the way that you know you're not present is when A, you're catastrophizing, like I described earlier, or B, when you all of a sudden find yourself kind of freaking about freaking out about maybe there's something plaguing your life right now. Maybe there's a relationship that you're in that you know that may be ending, or maybe there's a relationship that you're in that just started and you're nervous about it. Maybe there's, you know, your job situation's kind of iffy. Whatever that is, you'll find yourself not present when you fixate on that that issue and you start running all these what if scenarios and you start making choices based on something that hasn't even happened, right? And that's when you know you have, you're you're no longer present. So there's a few tricks that I do, and it's like um, five. It's it's called like five, four, three, two, one. Some people do three, two, one. Regardless, it's kind of all the same. Like, so it starts at five. What are five things you can notice around you right now that you've actually never really fixated on? Like, for example, right now I'm looking at some some new houses being built. Well, I knew, I've always known their houses, but right now I'm actually looking and I can see that they use a different kind of, each little house are using a different accent rock or like a, a layout or a brick. It's very different. And I'm just now noticing how pretty it is compared to the, the abstract colors they used around. It's kind of, it makes it pop. I think it's cool. So you notice five things around you that you just hadn't really noticed before. And then four, listen for four things far away. So can you like turn yourself, kind of turn your mind off? Can you be really quiet for a second? And can you hear four sounds as far away as you can? And then we go to three. Can you touch three things around you? And, and know what they are. Can you touch them and just feel them? What, cause what's the texture like? And then two, can you smell something maybe far away? Can you identify the smell that's around you? And then one thing, can you fixate on what is the date? And I know that how it ends like that, five, four, three, two, one, it ends with like, what is today? And that's a great reminder because when I do start to go off into the future, I have to remind myself that today is today. And you know, a little fun fact is my anxiety, a lot of times I don't always go to the future to catastrophize. I actually, if you listen to episode one, you know, I'm a PTSD survivor. So I actually go back in time. My anxiety goes back in time to when a lot of my trauma occurred and I find myself in the past and I have to remind myself, you know, when I get to the one, I'm like, okay, today is, you know, whatever the day is, this is 2019. I'm a different person. This is now. And that's a really great, once you go to the five, four, three, two, one, that's really great. And then paired with the social media detox, it's just kind of been really amazing. And then the last strategy I really want to share with you that's really just made an impact, and I talk about it so, so much, 
is finding your inner circle and, and really having to, and this is going to be hard for some people, admitting that you need help. (laughs) I know. And you're probably thinking, but I don't even know what help I need. I, but let me just tell you when you simply vocalize to your inner circle, you guys, it's so important that you have an inner circle. My inner circle has drastically reduced in size, not because any one person did anything wrong to me at all. There, I have, I have a huge circle of friends, but my inner, inner circle has really become very, very tight and snug because what I found is, you know, um, sometimes perhaps you, you share something and it's just too much. Like you start sharing with too many people and all of a sudden it's overwhelming because you've shared it with too many people and then there's too many people checking on you and then (laughs) your simple sharing and needing help then becomes overwhelming because everyone's checking on you. And so I sit, when I say inner circle, I mean, really hone in to who your inner circle is and confide in them and tell them I need help. I'm suffering from some really awful anxiety right now. I can't tell you exactly why right now, but I know I need some help. And it's funny it's when you simply vocalize that you're something happens to your body and you just start to feel a little better. Maybe that what happens is that friend that you tell it to, they, they it just simply starts talking it out. And when you start talking to someone who's level-headed, who's not in your anxiety-induced situation, what's so amazing is you kind of like look at them and you're like, wow, that was so simple, but that just helped me in this moment. And that happened that happened to me over the weekend with one of my really good friends. And it was just like, wow, you're right. Duh. Duh. I can do that. What? Like, and then it just made sense and it clicked. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit better. Um, and the thing about anxiety is I also want to share is, you know, sometimes, you know, these simple fixes, you know, this anxiety weeks has been weeks worth. Anxiety is temporary, but I can never tell you how temporary that has been probably one of the longest anxiety episodes I've ever had in my life that I can really remember. And I, I attribute that is because I was ignoring a lot of my signs and I wasn't really practicing the self-care that I needed to as much. So those three strategies I shared, I really had to amp up and I really had to get over the whole asking for help. You know, there was, you know, there was one friend who had to deal with almost nearly 24 hours of me, you know, you know, telling them, okay, I'm feeling it again. I need some help. And you know, she would say, you're okay. You're calm. We're here. Look around. And you know, that's just, you know, I was having to do that almost all day. And that's just how it has to go sometimes when you have, you know, awful bouts of anxiety. And I know there is someone listening who can identify with this and I'm not just talking to a wall. And so from a little bit, I want to spend just a little bit of time on what happens when you ignore the signs of anxiety and when you need, you know, you need to like rest, but you're not. So what happens is you start suffering. You can have like these awful panic attacks and you know, the signs of panic, you know, they vary from everyone, but for me personally, and I, mine are pretty generic. They're pretty general. So I know they're not like super pigeonholed. I break out into sweats. I will break out into a full body sweat. Like, and, um, some of my older friends and my own mother would tell me that, well, that sounds like a hot flash. And I'm like, yeah, well it's not, but it very much feels like a hot flash out of nowhere. Just complete drippy sweat. 
you just feel like your body's overheating and you for me what happened a few days ago actually is I was it got so out of control I started getting dizzy I felt like I was going to pass out I actually thought I was having a heart attack and I have actually read that online I have read that by people people have said you know a panic attack they felt like they were having a heart attack and I was like well wouldn't they wouldn't you know the difference I mean wouldn't you well hi I'm hi my name's Huckfelt and I don't know the difference <laughs> because silly me actually I mean well not silly me I don't want to say it. I'm like to make fun of myself but I am poking fun at myself in light to make the situation funny for everyone who's listening I went to the hospital and, and I told him everything was going on and I had to spend a lot of time in the hospital in the emergency room for them to tell me you're having a panic attack <laughs> and I'm like well yeah I, I probably could have said that too I just didn't realize it could manifest into such physical symptoms so I'm here to warn you don't be like Huckfeld learn from Huckfeld and those top three those big three strategies I think are, are something that really saved me in these past few weeks and it's unfortunate that the anxiety had to last weeks and for anyone who is going through weeks worth of anxiety like I was I'm just I'm here to tell you I I, I get you I feel you and you know lastly I just want to end on this by saying share your story share your story as much as you can with people break the stigma and that's really I think what I'm starting to really feel like with this podcast I really want this to do I want to break the stigma I'm not someone that you could you you could see in in a, in private and in person or at a function and be like oh she has anxiety I never would have known you know I didn't know she had a mental illness you know I I'm not the person that you would normally think but it affects so many of us so many of us in different varying ways and it's way more common than we think. But if we just talk about it and we talk about our strategies that we're using to each other, I just think about how great of a world this could be. And it's never too soon to start talking to your children. I talk to my children all the time about what self-care means and how to breathe and you know how to just function through something. And they are very well aware that mommy has, you know, I have to speak in a different term with them because you know when they're younger when kids are younger they just don't understand they they're abstract thinking you know so I I have I tell them they know that that mommy has has to see a they call it a head doctor um I hope that doesn't offend anyone I don't refer to the head doctor but they have when I've tried to describe them that I go to a therapist and they help me go through memories and they help me go through trauma in their mind they just associate with my brain so it's like the head doctor and and so mommy goes to a head head doctor to stay healthy and that's that is it they and so it's never too the kids are never too young to be able to talk about it because if we break the stigma when kids are younger they won't grow up to it to adults thinking that mental illness is something that should be like you know, taboo and, and shoved under a carpet and never spoken about. So I hope those strategies help someone. Those are definitely my top three strategies, especially the five, four, three, two, one. Like that's gold for me. I do it often. I do it all the time. All right, you guys, I hope that was beneficial for someone and I will be getting out another podcast. I'm pretty sure because I have lots of ideas coming out now that I'm really starting to see above water. I'm feeling really great. I feel like I can really 
share some of my experiences knee deep in self-care and what self-care to the max really is because it's all about really taking care of all aspects of your life. All right, you guys have a great day. Peace out.